We start this brand new series today called Home for Christmas. It wouldn't feel like Christmas unless you heard Home for Christmas, like I'll be home for Christmas by Rascal Flatts, right? So, uh, happy Christmas to you all. Merry Christmas to you all. Anyway, well, we start this brand new series today and uh, I wanted to start it off by sharing the story of how my wife and myself actually met. My wife's name is Raquel and in the year 2000, uh, I just graduated from college um, and uh, my sister lived in a sleepy town called Springfield, Missouri. And so uh, I decided to take three months off and go visit my sister and just chill out for three months before I actually went and tried to like find job. Um, and so uh, I, I went out there and uh, I arrived on the Friday uh, and on the Saturday, uh, my sister belonged to this uh, big church and she was part of, uh, she was the, the pianist in the, uh, on the worship team. And they had a big concert that going on that Sunday because the music pastor of that church was actually move, moving to uh, Phoenix, Arizona. And so they had a big concert for him. And so uh, they went on that Saturday morning to go to rehearsal. So I tagged along with my sister. Um, and as I sat there, they started to rehearse. Uh, suddenly, this little Latin girl gets up to sing as they're rehearsing. She sings this Whitney Houston song. And I turn to my sister and I says, boy. That girl can sing me to sleep anytime. And it's been 15 years later, and she still has never sang me to sleep. But I saw that girl, and we became friends, and then eventually uh, we got together and we got married in 2005. But the amazing thing about that story is this is when she, she was introduced to me by my sister, my sister can exaggerate the truth a little bit, and she turned to me, she says, this is my friend Raquel, she is from Cuba, and she translates the Bible. Well, the reality was, is she was from Nicaragua, and she translated Sunday school material. So, you know, she wasn't really a Bible translator. But uh, we met, and, uh, and the amazing thing about this is, how did a girl from Nicaragua and a guy from England end up meeting each other in a place called Springfield, Missouri. Like at the time, Springfield, Missouri, when we were there, was the fourth whitest city in the United States. When Raquel left, it became the third whitest city in the United States. I mean, how does somebody who have been from so different journeys, different backgrounds, she grew up in Latin America, I grew up in Europe, uh, she had lived a totally different kind of life that, that, than I had lived. Uh, we, we were on a different, uh, uh, our lives were on a different path on different journeys, uh, she, was, uh, she grew up as a pastor's kid, and uh, I grew up as a pastor's kid. One was a really perfect, well-behaved pastor's kid. One was a rebellious pastor's kid. I'm not going to tell you which one was rebellious and perfect, but you've probably got the idea. Uh, and so we met together at the crossroads of this church in the year 2000. And, and this moment, this crossroads, when our journeys in life intersected, changed the whole direction of both of our lives. Our lives were going in completely direction, different directions. We met each other. And now, for the last 15 years, our paths have got closer and closer together. And it's like we're almost walking the journey of life right now. And each and every one of you, you are on a journey. 
You're, you are on the journey of life. And many of you, you have different backgrounds, different stories to tell. You are on different journeys to the person who is next to you or the person who is in front of you or behind you. All of us are on different journeys of life. Some of you, you have come from a long way away. You are not from around here. You are not from Hartford County. Others, you have been here all of your life and you can't wait to get out of here. And, but all of us, we have different journeys. Some of them, us have different backgrounds. Some are us more educated than others. Some, we have had uh, more of a, a privileged background than some others who have had a less privileged background. Some of us, uh, we are heading in completely different directions in our life. But this Christmas time, here at this place we call Generation Church, our journeys and our paths are crossing at this crossroads right here this morning. Some of you, next year, you're going to go do many different things to the person next to you. But for right now, our paths are crossing. And this is my prayer. My prayer is this, is that as you leave this crossroads today, some of you, you'll be around here for a a long time. Some of you, you're just passing through. Some of you, uh, you're part of Generation Church, is part of your home, part of your life. Others, you're just checking us out this morning. But my prayer for this is that when you leave this crossroads, that your life and the purposes of your life will take a different journey to maybe what you had planned, and it's a journey towards the purposes of God for your life. And so this morning, what I wanted to do, I wanted to share with you two stories of two very different journeys, different backgrounds, uh, different contexts from each other, but yet they met together at a crossroads in a little town called Bethlehem. And it was at this moment, this time that they met each other, this crossroads changed the whole direction of their life and it redefined what it actually means to be on the journey of life for all of mankind. And so the first story I want to share with you this morning, I call it the journey of the young troubled man. The journey of the young troubled man. I'm going to share these journeys with you this morning and for you Bible scholars, here this morning, or you go home and you're like, Alex, where does it say that in the Bible? I'm going to use a little preacher's license this morning. I'm just going to let, let you know, because we're going to read between the lines and see just a little bit of where these journeys were. And so if you've got your Bibles, if you want to turn to Luke chapter 2, and we're going to start reading at verse 1. Luke chapter 2 and verse 1. This is what it says. At the time, the Roman emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Cornelius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for this census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, his fiancée, who was now obviously pregnant. So we've got a guy called Joseph. He's a young, troubled man. 
Joseph, we're not entirely sure where he really grew up, but for the sake of this morning, let's pretend that he did actually grow up in Bethlehem. Some think he did, some think he didn't actually grow up in Bethlehem. But Bethlehem was home for Joseph. And anybody who wanted to succeed in life, if a young man grew up and wanted to succeed in life, the first thing he knew that he needed to do was to get out of the sleepy town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem wasn't a big town at all. Even today, it's a city in Palestine, but still, it's not a huge place. And back then, it was a small little town. So they knew if they wanted to be anything in life, they needed to get out of Bethlehem. And so Joseph did. Joseph actually went to a place called Nazareth, which was about 70 miles away from Bethlehem. The the most famous child of Bethlehem was a man called David. David became the second king of Israel, and some say the greatest king of Israel. Every young man who grew up in Bethlehem wanted to become like David. They wanted their journey in life to to map what David's was. David's was a rags to riches story. He was a young shepherd boy who became uh, the king of a nation and some will say the greatest king on earth at that time. So everybody wanted to follow in the footsteps of David. So Joseph left because David did not stay in Bethlehem. David went to Jerusalem. So Joseph had left. The next thing for a young man in this culture, after he had left home and started to make a name for himself, now he needed to find a career. He needed to find a skill. And we know from other writings in the Gospels, in the Bible, that Joseph became a carpenter. He started his own business. He, 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 he had aspirations in life to, 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 to be able to, to, to do well and that his business would expand and maybe to become this global business where he is sending, like building furniture and houses and everything all over the world. Things were going according to plan. The next thing for Joseph on the list after he had got out of Bethlehem and got himself a career was to find himself a girl. Because every good man has a good girl by the side of them. And so he knew he wanted to find himself a wife. And one day he came face to face with a girl called Mary. And he just hooped and hollered when he saw Mary. He was like, this is the one for me. So he plucked up the courage, got down on one knee and proposed to Mary. She said, yes. They were all excited. They set the wedding date. They they sent out the save the dates. They were planning. They were going crazy with wedding plans. Everything was going according to plan for Joseph. His life was the model life, what you would think. And often when everything is going according to plan, that's when sometimes life sends us a a curveball, and things start taking a downward turn. And this is what happened with Joseph. One day, Joseph came home from work. And Mary told him that she was pregnant. Now, in that culture, if you were pregnant outside of marriage, then it was a big shame. There was shame on you. And Joseph knew this. But yet, the real shame was this. Joseph knew that child was not his. He had not not had relations with Mary. 
So now Joseph, his perfect life is going according to plan. In one day, starts taking a downward turn. The girl he loves is pregnant and it is not his child. I wonder what most of us would do in a, in a situation like that. As guys, I wonder what we would do. We'd probably do what Joseph was going to do. Because Joseph decided that he was going to finish the engagement. He was quietly going to end the engagement and let Mary get on with her life. And then he would carry on. It would be a blip on the road. He'd find himself another girl and get married to somebody else. And that was the plan. Except one day, Joseph had a dream. I'm like, what's the deal with Joseph's and dreams? Like, if your name's Joseph, you must have these vivid dreams. And the dream was this. An angel came to Joseph and said this. Joseph, do not end your engagement with Mary. For Mary has been faithful to you. And the child is not a child of man, but the child is from God himself. And he will be a child that will change the world. And so Joseph... This man who had a perfect plan, what he was going to do with his life, now things were not looking good because he knew he would have to bring up a child that he would look at and realize it was not his. And then, this is probably where the preacher's license comes in a little bit more. One day he gets a letter in the mail. I didn't even know if they did letters or had mail in those days. But let's just say they did. He gets a letter in the mail and it is from the Roman Empire. The government of Rome and it says everybody must go back to their hometown for a census. Most people would be excited. Yeah, I go to get to see all my old friends. Go get see my old stomping grounds, my old school and go home to mom's good cooked food. But I could just imagine that Joseph as he saw this, his head drops into his hands. For he knew that his perfect life that he was living now was taking a downward turn and he would have to go back to the place that he knew everybody. Everybody knew Joseph. Now he was going back a totally different man. He'd left a boy with purpose and now he was going back a broken man. You know, I I, I know kind of the feeling of going back to your hometown. In 2012, uh, we went back to England. My dad was a pastor, and he was retiring from the church that he, were, he was at, and uh, he, you know, he was just he was just wanted to go into retirement, and so we went, and it was like seven years since I had last been home. That's a long time to like not go home. Seven years. And as I went back, everything was the same. Same house, same church, same roads, different cars they had. But everything else was the same. And as I went home, I was so excited. But suddenly, it didn't feel like home anymore. I was a different man. I was a different person. I'd left a young man and I'd come back. As this different man, so much had happened in my life. So many different stuff had happened in my life. And it didn't feel like home anymore. And I came to the sad, sad, sad realization that the United States of America actually felt more like home than England. (laughs) It was a sad, sad day when I realized that. And this was like Joseph. Joseph went home, but he was not the same man. And I'm sure for him... He's traveling with a woman who is six months pregnant. Obviously pregnant, it says. So at least six months. 
The journey was 70 miles, and in those days, they didn't have cars or trains or planes. They probably loaded her on a donkey, and I'm sure traveling 70 miles with a pregnant woman, just you, the pregnant woman, and the donkey, felt more like a scene out of planes, trains, and automobiles than it did like the love boat or something like that. Could you imagine going on this journey all the time knowing that life is not turning out as you had thought? And while it wasn't in Joseph's plan, the reality was this. It was all in God's purposes. And life will sometimes do that. Sometimes life, we've got plans in life where we want to go, the things that we want to do, the people that we want to become. And life suddenly just, just, it's like the bottom falls out and we have no idea what is going on, what happened to my plans. But yet often it is all in the purposes of God. If my life had been about the plans that I wanted to do, I would not be here today. And I'm sure a lot of you would probably not be here today. I probably would be in a bad, bad place if I had listened to my plans. But I'm thankful for the purposes of God. And when it comes to your personal journey, you have to be okay with God changing up the plans. You have to be okay that sometimes God will mess up the plan for his purposes. In fact, sometimes it may take what seems like a downward turn in order to live in the purposes and the plans of God. But yet, it is the unexpected and sometimes unwelcome twist that God will surprise you with that will take you from your plan to his plan. And I tell you this morning, his plan is so much better, so much greater than your plan. His purpose for your life is so much better than what you think your purposes are for your life. And so Joseph went home and he ended up in Bethlehem. All the time while this was happening, there was another journey going on. I call it the journey of the excited magic men. Who wants to go see the magic men? The journey of the excited magic men. This is their journey. It's found in Matthew chapter 2. It says, Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. At that time, some wise men, or if you have an older translation like a King James, it will say, Magi from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. So as Joseph is having his meltdown several hundred miles away in in, uh, eastern lands is a group of men called the Magi. It's actually where we get our word magic from today. The Magi were educated religious men. They, They were people who studied history and religion. And one of the main things that they studied were actually the stars. They were the ones who would study the constellation of the stars. And, and one day, uh, as one of the guys is looking in the sky, and he's studying the stars, and he's trying to map out the constellations and see, you know, what constellation is appearing tonight, he looks up and he sees a star that is brighter than any other star that he does not recognize. So he looks at his charts, and he looks at his books, 
And he's studying, and he's like, what is this star? He gets on Google, and he starts to do some Google searches. And he's like, what is this star? And they come to the conclusion that this star was a star that was prophesied and predicted hundreds of years before by a man called Daniel, who said that a star will appear in the sky that will proclaim the arrival of a king. As soon as the Magi saw this, they decided, let's pack our bags. Let's go. Let's pack up the camels and let's go and find this king. Let's follow the star to where this king is. They were like modern day tornado chasers without the flying cows coming back and forth. I mean, they were just chasing this star where, where it could go. And this journey was a long, long journey for them. Some say it took 30 days. Others say it took nine months, even more. What's the longest journey that you guys have ever been on? Like one day, maybe two days. Maybe some of you drove to California and it took maybe three days to go. Like the longest journey I've ever been on before was in 2006. And we were in India. Uh, My wife uh, had been singing at a concert, uh, a Christmas concert. And we were trying to get home for Christmas. Well, it turned into the worst journey home I could have ever imagined. We laugh about it today, but seriously, I did not think we would ever get home. We got on our plane in Mumbai, which is the biggest city of India. And we were taking a plane to Delhi, and then the same plane, we were going to go to London. And as we got on this plane, there had already been some delays as it was, and we were flying out later than what we were supposed to. And I got on this plane, and it was a Boeing 747 that looked like it was out of the 1960s. It had wallpaper on the walls, and the TV screens, there was like one every 10 roads, they were green screens. How many of you remember green screens? Like you used to have that Commodore 64. You know, the green screens. Like some of you are like, what are you talking about? Like, like a movie green screen? I'm like, no, 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 no. Like green screens, like these tiny little things. And that's what it was. And I was like, oh, we're never going to make it. Well, what happened is Raquel took a bunch of sleeping pills so that she could go to sleep. And I just stood up uh, and woke up. And she woke up. And she says, oh, are, are we in, where are we? Are we in like London or are we in Delhi? I was like, no, 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 no. I'm like, we're in Mumbai. She was like, what happened? I says, well, we got on the plane. We went to Delhi. There was too much fog to land. So the pilot took us all the way back to Mumbai. And I says, so we're waiting here. So next thing I know is Raquel gets up. You know, she's like Latin, a little feisty. She gets up and she like goes to the front of the plane and she's gone for about 20 minutes. I'm like, where is my wife? You know, so I, I go and there's a big, like there's a ruckus going on. All these men like looking at the, uh, at the, uh, at the airport person and they're all telling them off. And I look and right in the middle, there's this little Latin girl and she is doing this to the guy. You know, and so I'm like, babe, come on. So uh, I bring her back and we, we get back in the plane. Eventually we fly to Delhi. We're on the ground for a couple of hours in Delhi. We get to London and we had been on that plane. We counted for 20 hours altogether. That's pretty crazy. I mean, forget the jet blue stuff, right? I mean, 20 hours. And then we decide we get into London. We're like, okay, because our next plane home is with Lufthansa and uh, German engineering. We will be 
fine. And the next morning, we flew out of London to Frankfurt. We got to Frankfurt uh, to catch our plane to America and to Chicago it was. And we were two minutes late and we missed the plane. And so then we had to stay the whole night in Frankfurt. The next morning, we obviously were able to get back home. We got to home like two, three days later than what we should have. It was the worst trip ever. I mean, India was great. But it was a long, long journey. And I'm sure these magi, they went on this long journey. I thought when we were on that plane for 20 hours, I'm like, we're not going to make it. I'm like, that's it. My life's over. We're not going to make it. This plane's going to drop out of the sky with its green screens. But, and I'm sure the magi were thinking that because it was a long, long journey for them. And maybe some of them didn't. But the ones that made it, made it for this reason. And it was the same reason why I knew we were eventually going to make it home that day in India. Because there was purpose because home was in America. And we wanted to get home. And these magi, they wanted to find a home. And the home was this. There was a new king that was born. And they wanted to go and worship the king. They found purpose in life. Their purpose was in worshiping the new king. And this is why I always say, It is so important to find purpose in life. For it is purpose in life that keeps you going. Even when the journey gets crazy and it gets long. Because if you have purpose, you can keep going and going. But when you lose purpose, you lose hope. And these men, they entered Bethlehem. And they had one goal, to bring gifts of worship to a king. They went into a house. And there was this young troubled man, Joseph. Two very different stories, two very different backgrounds, two very different journeys. People who would have never naturally met that day met at the crossroads of Bethlehem. See, their lives up until that point pointed towards this moment in Bethlehem. And as you look at the Bible and you read the Bible from the beginning of time, from Adam to Noah to Abraham to Moses to to, to Samuel and David and the prophets and, and, and uh, and then on to John the Baptist and Joseph and the Magi, the story of humanity. All about millions of people taking journeys, but the journeys come into one crossroads, and that is the crossroads of Bethlehem. See, heaven, since the beginning of time, had been waiting for this moment, this intersection at Bethlehem. Watch this video.
So the story of humanity is about pointing towards that moment in Bethlehem when a king was born. And no matter where you've been this last year or where you're going next year, I believe that you've come to this crossroads this morning for a purpose. And that is to touch, to see, to experience a king. A king who has a name. His name is the name of hope. It's the name of joy. It's the name of peace. It's the name of salvation. It's the name of love. It's the same name that Joseph named his son. It's the same name that the Magi's came and brought gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. It's the same name that heaven, since the beginning of time until the end of time and for all of eternity, will sing this name. And that is the name of Jesus. And your journey, up until this point, has brought you to this place. And it's a place of purpose. Because your life isn't about becoming somebody. Your life isn't about how much wealth you can gain or how much of a success that you can be or how much stuff I can gather. Your life has a purpose and the purpose is this. Like all of humanity, it's to point towards Jesus. Whether you are in sales or You're in administration. Whether you are a teacher or you're in construction. Whether you are a professional or a laborer. It doesn't matter today whether you are a stay-at-home mom or you're a mom who goes to work. Your purpose isn't found in who you are. It's found in who He is. The hope of the world. And Joseph and the Magi that day came with very, for very different reasons. The Magi came to worship. Joseph came because that's where life had, had taken him. But they left that day knowing that their purpose was all about Jesus. Their lives changed that day. And the whole of humanity changed. Because the one purpose for this life is to come and worship the King. Let's bow our heads in prayer.